Welcome back to Ew, That's Creepy. This week, we are getting extra creepy and talking about murders that occurred on Halloween. First, Jackie will be telling Melissa the story of Katie McGee, a mother who was brutally murdered on Halloween. The search for the disturbing killer led detectives to someone surprisingly close to Katie. Please be aware that this episode will discuss a graphic murder. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Hellcats. Welcome back to the podcast. We are here with another episode, and this week we're going to be talking about some Halloween murders. Ooh, Halloween, the season is upon us. I can't say I'm excited because this is going to be sad, but it's Halloween. (laughs) Obviously, murders happen, like, no matter the time of year, but for murders to happen on Halloween... It always feels a little more spooky. Extra creepy. Yeah. I honestly, I can't think of any stories that I know any about Halloween murders. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's more just like movie stuff, you know? Yeah. And excuse my voice today, guys. Jackie and I went to a concert last night, uh, Princess Nokia, if any of you guys know her. And my throat is a little sore, but... She was awesome. Oh my Sorry, gosh. Sorry, I just have to say that. <laughs> she was amazing. I'm still in like a little glow, that afterglow you get from a good concert when you just had such uh-huh. a good time. I agree. Same. But anyway, okay, Jackie, get anyway, into it. Okay, let's just dive into it. And I'm just going to start telling the story, kind of like an overview of what happened, and then we'll go back to, you know. More background. That's exactly how I took my notes, too. Oh, good. Sometimes you you have to hit them with the suspense first. Yeah, it's like the way that they do it in crime shows when you first turn it on. (laughs) Exactly. But, I mean, sometimes it has to be that way because if you do it in chronological order, sometimes it's so obvious. Mine is the same exact way. Oh, okay. Well, Did we pick the same story? (laughs) Was yours unsnapped? Yes. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Oh, my God. I'm forgetting... um, Dawson McGee. Oh, Sorry. no. Thank God. I was blanking on the name for a second. I don't know what happened there. No, thank God. I was going to say, I my research took me a little bit, so if you did the same story, I was going to be pissed. Yeah. Well, mine's just about the McGee family, I suppose. Not just Dawson, but... So, this happened in Manteca, California, in 2011. It was Halloween night... And Detective Wayne Miller, he's the detective around town, he was literally about to take his kids trick-or-treating when he got a call that there was a murder that he needed to come investigate. And this little town was small and pretty middle upper class, I believe. So that was not common at all. But I was like, wow, so Halloween, he's literally about to take the kids trick-or-treating and then has to go deal with that. Oh, could you imagine how creepy that would be? No, that would, I would be like, oh. So, a woman named Caitlin McGee, she had called 911 and said that her mom, Kathleen, who was 55, uh, had diabetes and also had some insulin issues. 
and was worried because her mom wasn't returning any of her phone calls, and when she went to the house, her bedroom door was locked, so she couldn't get in, and she was just very worried about her mother. Uh, Caitlin also called her brother, Justin, who told her to, like, you know, call the police, and that's when she did, Mm -hmm. and... Justin also said it was only, like, five minutes later when Caitlin called back and was, like, hysterically sobbing and said that her mom was dead and she had been brutally murdered, sadly, so she had been dead in her room when the police came and finally opened the door. Oh, my gosh. And Kathleen, yeah, she was 55 and she was a mother of four, so it was, like, um, why? Yeah, that's so sad and tragic and on Halloween what the hell exactly so let's just talk about Kathleen for a moment Kathleen met her husband Tom when they were in college they were both involved in Christian ministry and fellowship which I believe is how they met because they went to different colleges they married and moved to Chicago and Tom got more of an education and stuff and that's when they had their son Justin But then they moved to California when Tom got an international business job because he could speak different languages. So he was gone, like, very, very often traveling, that whole thing. Oh, that's cool. But then that's sad for uh, his family to miss him. Yeah, I'm sure Kathleen missed him. But she was a stay-at-home mom, and they had their son Dawson in 1985 and then also had their daughter Caitlin. And I believe they had one more son named Colin at one point. But Caitlin's the youngest and Justin's the oldest. So I don't know who, like who's older of Dawson and Colin. But okay. So that she had four kids and um, Kathleen was a stay-at-home mom and she did homeschool the kids since she was a stay-at-home mom. So I'm sure that was like nice when her husband was gone and obviously took up a lot of time. Good for her homeschooling four kids at the same time. Right. She has a little classroom. But I no, know. then that'd be hard because they're all at different yeah, levels. Yeah. Damn. But they, uh, the boys were all really into music and good musicians, and all the kids were very intelligent and good in school. And in the 1990s, they moved from the Bay Area to Manteca. Um, I think just because it was pretty expensive in the Bay Area and they wanted to settle down and build a home, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so the kids grew up and eventually went to college, as kids do, all normal family stuff. Kathleen and Tom started going to a new church and made uh, a good amount of new friends since the kids were away. Kathleen became an avid volunteer, and she really loved helping people. And she became a part of um, an advocates group for abuse So she was, like, helping women in tough situations who were abused or just all sorts of things, which is amazing. She's so sweet. I love her. Yeah. We stand Kathleen because everyone said she was really amazing. She sounds amazing. Yeah. And she just, like, was one of those people who really loved helping people and, like, taking care of people. Mm -hmm. We all know someone like that. Of course. So in October and fall of 2011... Caitlin was home. Um, She was, like, staying at home for a bit, and she was preparing to get married and move. So, you know, she was doing, like, a bunch of wedding stuff with uh, Kathleen, her mom. And Dawson was also living at home momentarily after he had graduated from college as a music major, and he had been teaching music 
to the local elementary school students. But he had, like, recently lost his job. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know if it was anything, like, because of his performance. Maybe they just didn't really need that. Okay. But, I mean... Yeah. But... That's unfortunate. Yes, it was. And on Friday, October 28th, Caitlin was going to a weekend church retreat with one of her friends named Samantha... And Dawson was home when Samantha came to pick uh, Caitlin up. And even though Dawson and Samantha had been good friends, they said that Dawson seemed like he wasn't super talkative and he kind of just left the conversation pretty quickly. So before Caitlin left for the retreat, her mom said that she was going to pick her up at the University of Pacific in Stockton uh, the next day on Sunday, October 30th, and Caitlin was just going to call her mom an hour before she needed picked up so her mom could be there and arrive at, at the school to get her. Okay. So that was the plan, and the morning of October 30th, which was a Sunday, Kathleen went to church with um, Justin, and I believe Justin's family Uh, She called Colin, the other son, at some point and left a voicemail, and he called back around 4 p.m. She was making jambalaya for a potluck the following day. I love jambalaya. I was going to say, that sounds so freaking good right now. Especially now that it's fall. Mm. I know. I would tear that up right now. But, yeah, she said she was making that and needed instructions on how to use the rice cooker that Colin left at his parents' house when he moved out, so she needed some help with that. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Normal mom stuff. How do I use this rice cooker that you left? (laughs) (laughs) And she was doing the potluck as part of the victim's advocacy training program that she was doing, and she had signed up to be a volunteer, so, you know. She's just doing her sweet volunteer stuff, as she does, and Colin gave her the instructions that she needed, (laughs) and I believe she probably went ahead with making uh, her jambalaya, but Colin did say her mom was in a really good mood. Everything was normal. Wait, did you say Colin said her mom? Or his mom, yeah, I'm sorry. Colin said his mom was in a very good mood. Just for a minute, I was like, did I assume Colin's gender the whole time and just think it was a boy because of the name? No, I did say they have three boys and one girl, so (laughs) my bad if I said her, I meant Colin. Okay, just checking. Yeah, so around 5 p.m. that day, Caitlin called her mom to, you know, say, what's up, I'm an hour away from the school, like, come get me. So she didn't get a mess or she didn't get an answer. So she left a message on the phone and a couple minutes later Dawson actually called her back. But I don't think he said anything at first. So she thought it was like just you know a butt dial or something cuz he never calls her. But she called her mom's phone again and it still went unanswered. But she left a voicemail again saying like what's up And then Dawson called her back another time and said he was just calling to see how she was. So she was like, okay, like, I'm waiting for mom. That seems, she didn't say, like, are you with mom right now because I just called her twice and then you called me right after that? Well, I don't even know. She was like, I guess, she, well, she said on the phone, like, um... I'm trying to get a hold of mom. Like, are you home, basically? And Dawson said, I don't think the home phone has been working very well. And she was like, well, I was trying to call mom's cell phone, too. 
And Dawson was like, oh, I don't think that's, like, really been working either. She's having trouble with both. What? Yeah. So, Caitlin assumed that Dawson was home and asked if she could just, like, come by or if, like, her mom was going to come get her. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawson replied pretty sternly, I'm not home. I'm not at home. What? Yeah. So... Okay, then how did you know that she was having all these problems with the phone right after you called? Yeah, I guess that part off the bat is so sus that you're calling your mom and right after you get a call from your brother who's saying, like, oh, hey, what's up, who never calls you? Yeah. But he says he's not home, like... I, yeah, very suspicious. Yeah. So, Caitlin obviously thought it was weird, too, but... Um, she didn't really know what else to do, and as 6 p.m. arrived, she still didn't have a call from her mom, and her mom wasn't there, so she just, like, kept calling and leaving messages and stuff, and eventually, um, when she called the home phone, Dawson called her again, and he was like, I'll actually just come pick you up, like, mom said, I can come pick you up. And so, he also said that a couple things that mom seemed tired and stuff. So, Caitlin was just like, uh, okay, then come get me. I'm sure she was just probably sick of waiting. Yeah. So, Caitlin kind of just hung out with her friend, Samantha, and Samantha's husband. And they waited with Caitlin until Dawson arrived around 6.30 to finally come and get her. They said that Dawson engaged in small talk with Ben, Sam's hus- Samantha's husband, while um, Caitlin, you know, like, got her stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Ben did kind of say, though, that it didn't really seem like he wanted to talk. Uh, he just looked kind of uncomfortable, not really wanting to be there. So they just put Caitlin's stuff in Dawson's car, and they just peaced out, obviously. Uh, Dawson said he had some errands to run, like, he had to pick up some medicine, which I guess Caitlin understood to mean marijuana. I don't know if it was legal in California at that time, but it might have been. I don't really know. Okay. But anyway. No judgment? Yeah, whatever. They were driving back. Um, she said Dawson seemed a little more social than he had been normally. He seemed like he was in a decent mood when it was just them two and cheerful and he was chatty and stuff, which she said wasn't like really normal. He wasn't super chatty. He was talking positively about their mom, saying that she'd been doing great on a diet and had lost like 20 pounds, but because she was eating less, she had been really tired lately. So that was his excuse for she was like really tired and couldn't come get her. That doesn't sound healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and Dawson actually kind of said that and was like, um, I think she needs to eat more calories or something like that, but... So, they ran a couple errands on the way back. Uh, I believe they stopped at Walgreens in Sacramento, and Caitlin went inside and just bought chapstick because her lips were chapped. Um, <laughs> but she said, like, when she was in there, Dawson was just kind of pacing the aisles. And then they drove to get fast food, and they ate in the car... Uh, she said at that point he did appear to be a little out of it and lost. He's acting hella suspicious. And I think, I don't know if she asked him about that or he just said, but he said he usually doesn't like drive in the daylight and it was almost dark. So it was kind of throwing him off. She was (sighs) like, okay. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah. Um, that doesn't explain pacing the aisles and shit and all the other stuff you've been doing all night, but okay. Yeah, and then, I don't even, this has nothing to do with it, but it was included in the court documents, so I have to say it, because I was like, what? So, Dawson <laughs> drove, like, when they were going to the Walgreens, um, parked at a Mexican restaurant and said, I know this seems a little strange, but mom understands. We've done this before. I need to park here and walk to where I'm going. And Caitlin stayed in the car and he walked, he returned from wherever he went 20 minutes later and said he had vomited. (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. I don't mean to laugh, but what? I have no idea, but that's just that. You're petty for including that. I just thought it was so odd. No, like, it is so strange. Like, it's what? just odd. His behavior went from happy to this strange, I don't know. If I was a sister know. at that point, I feel like I would be like, do you need to maybe go to the hospital? Are you okay? <laughs> that seems the most strange behavior I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's quite, it's concerning. But anyway, so... Dawson, he obviously drove Caitlin back to their home and arrived at, like, a little before 11 p.m. Um, so that was, like, four hours. They had been, like, out and just doing whatever, but he said, Mom's asleep, so Caitlin went to bed. She said at various points in the night, he was just, like, pacing the hallways and stuff. The next morning, Halloween day, uh, Caitlin woke up and Dawson was already up. He asked whether she got his text message and she was like, no, my phone's dead. And he said that he had texted her in the morning to say that mom got up really early and said that she, uh, hadn't slept well. So she was just going to stay in bed for the day. I would be like, why can't mom come talk for herself? Why are you the messenger for mom all of a sudden? That. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe that's normal for them, but everything he does is so just suspicious to me. And all of this is like, I, I feel like I would say, Dawson, can I speak to mom? Yeah. I don't I'm going in there and looking at her and seeing if she's okay, at least. Yeah. I don't understand, but she had to like run to the bank, you know, run some errands and stuff, which I think she had already talked to her mom about. So she was just going to go do that. I think she went to Target or something like that, but she ran errands. Um, eventually it was around 5.30 PM. She still hadn't like seen her mom. So she was like, I'm going to just go check on her myself. Um, Dawson, I believe went somewhere. I don't know where he was, but he was not home when Caitlin arrived back. So she knocked on her mom's door repeatedly, basically yelled, mom, are you okay? She obviously got worried and from the beginning called her brother and he said, call 911, which she did. And we know that they came and sadly discovered Kathleen murdered in her bedroom She had been stabbed 10 times in the neck, chest, and abdomen. Oh my god. There was also evidence of neck compression, so I'm assuming, like, strangulation of some sort. What the hell? Uh, Police believe that she had got stabbed while she was standing in her bedroom and then had fallen and was continuously stabbed on the floor. That is so messed up. Yeah, they said it definitely was, like, overkill. And just such an amazing woman. Yeah, 
And when the police talked to Caitlin, Dawson wasn't there, so I'm pretty sure she said up front, like, he's been acting weird as hell. So they were, like, looking for him and stuff, and they eventually found him, and when they found him, he did have, they had to take his, they inspected his clothes, obviously. They almost always do that. I, I believe they found him that night or the next morning, but regardless, they found him shortly after. And he did have blood on his leather jacket, so they just assumed, like, yikes, big yikes, a lot, like, sprinkles, not a whole lot, but some, like, enough that they could see it. Uh, they said that he denied doing anything. There's, like, a video on Snapped of his interview, and he obviously says he, like, didn't do anything and stuff, but his behavior is so, so weird, like, he just is talking, like, stuttering a lot and moving his hands around in weird kind of, like, continuous movements, almost like someone with Parkinson's. He's how old? Like, 26 at oh this point. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But he was acting like, yeah, he kind of had Parkinson's. But he did ask for an attorney, so it didn't, like, the interview didn't last long, but they tested the blood on his jacket, and it was his mother's, so they, like, arrested him kind of right off the bat. That is so... How could you do that to your own mother? Yeah, and he was obviously charged with murder because there was blood on the jacket, and it was just so, like, the last time she talked to anybody was her son Colin at 4 p.m., and she was supposed to pick up her daughter at five. So it was like, who else was around her? Like, it was just kind of right off the bat. They were like, obviously. And you clearly have been lying because you told your sister you've been talking to her after the time that they could clearly tell she had died. Yeah. And rigor mortis had set in when they found her body. So they knew it had at least been hours on Halloween day. If for some how he didn't kill her on October 30th, which is what they believe, and he killed her on actual Halloween day. They still said rigor mortis had set in hours ago, so... Oh. And he was the one who told Caitlin that his mom wasn't feeling well and was just gonna lay in, in her room all day. Wow. So, at his little trial, uh, for murder, obviously, his brother Justin, like, I'm pretty sure all of his siblings testified against him. What was the motive? Girl, we're going to talk about that. Oh, sorry. I'm just like, what the hell? So, Justin had said that uh, Kathleen had always been a caretaker, and she had taken care of her brother, who had died of Parkinson's, and her sister, who had sadly died of a brain tumor. So, she was just, like, that natural caretaker, and she had always had to take care of Dawson ever since she was a kid. Um, he had ADHD, and all of his siblings said he required just, like, more attention and more work. Justin said that he was kind of the type of kid who would do something to irritate you just to get attention, even if it was negative. But when he found music in high school, that really helped him and just changed his behavior and helped him go to college and get a job and stuff like that. But coming out of college, there just wasn't a whole lot of jobs available for music majors, so he did have to go live back at home. Mm. I guess he hated that. Well, yeah. And they said that 
Dawson moved back in and he just like was not pulling his weight at home. He wasn't doing chores. Uh, he was messy. He would leave stuff for Kathleen and his father, Tom, to pick up. But because Tom was like gone on business often, he really wasn't there. So it was mostly Kathleen who had to deal with this and like obviously had to pick up Dawson's mess. But they also said that because Kathleen was in this advocacy group for victims of abuse and, like, domestic abuse and things of that various nature, she had been trained in the signs of manipulation and abuse. So this training actually kind of got her to see Dawson in a different light, where before she had really kind of was very protective over him of her children and let him get away with this sort of stuff and not babied him but you know maybe a little bit didn't realize that it was abusive yeah after this training I think she realized that it was like he is manipulating you to stay at home be messy I guess yeah to you're a grown-ass man pick up your own weight you don't need to just have your mom take care of you like you're in high school. Exactly. And so I think he did start to kind of talk to her a little rudely and stuff like that. Um, they said none of the kids ever said they saw like him put any hands on his mom, but he definitely argued with her and wasn't very polite to her. But they said that Kathleen was like standing up for herself and wasn't having it. And she had actually tried to distance herself from Dawson a bit in the fall of 2011 and was, yeah, really trying to help with Caitlin's wedding and just be a part of, like, different church stuff and not really, like, have to deal with that. hmm Yeah. Dawson, at the same time, was exhibiting some weird behavior. He believed that somehow he was possessed in some sort of way after he lost his job, and he believed that he had, like, demons with him. What? Yeah, he became very withdrawn, and he smoked a lot of weed, which, like, when he was high, it made his beliefs of demons even stronger. (laughs) Paranoid. Yeah, he also became obsessed with horror movies and horror masks and, like, the outfits and all that stuff, and he had a collection of masks and other horror movie memorabilia when the police searched the house and stuff like that, and he actually wore the masks around the house and in public and would drive with the masks on. (laughs) He told police it made him feel more comfortable. Oh my gosh. I can't even say anything, though, because... One, I love horror movies and I love all that stuff with, oh my gosh, I love it so much. But two, one time mom and I drove around Southside uh, wearing those animal masks that we had gotten at the store. They weren't scary, guys, but they were like these little masquerade animal masks and we just wore them for fun as we drove. Yeah. (laughs) So he, I guess, did that and felt comfortable by it. Okay. In Um, public, though, that's a little much. Yeah, I believe his brother Colin had actually said that he had seen his brother. He testified that he had seen his brother wearing the masks around the house and, yeah, just, like, walking around the house wearing these masks and that they went to the movies to see Scream or, like, some other sort of, like, scary movie. And Dawson had said, I think he had to go to the bathroom or something like that, and he didn't come back for a while, and Colin said that, so he was like, what the... 
H and he was like looking around and he got up to look for Dawson and Dawson was just like sitting somewhere else in the theater by himself with a mask on. (laughs) Yeah. I don't mean to laugh because the story is tragic, but it's just like, what the hell is he doing? I don't know. He said he feels comforted by them in some way, but seeing that in a movie theater, I'd get a little freaked out. Imagine at 3 a.m. when you have to pee and Dawson is, like, going somewhere in his Freddy Krueger mask. Right? Just like you see that in the hallway. So, Kathleen actually did try to get uh, Dawson to a psychiatrist, though, before she was killed because he was saying this stuff about demons and all that. Um... The psychiatrist testified that during the first... He'd only saw him twice. He saw Dawson twice. And during Mm -hmm. the first time, he said that uh, he looked very restless and uncomfortable throughout the interview and had difficulty talking about things. And uh, he felt like it was just... It was really hard to talk to Dawson and, like, actually get stuff from him. Mm -hmm. But he somehow diagnosed him with PTSD and conversion disorder. Um which he thought, like, pertained to Dawson's abnormal movements. He was just moving his hands weird and that sort of thing like that. Mm-hmm. He said in a second interview he seemed, uh, the movements were a little decreased after he gave him medicine, but it was still visible. And they did find a journal in Dawson's room when they, uh, searched the McGee home. It had some weird religious statements that Dawson felt like he was seeing Jesus So, there was just more and more evidence of Dawson somewhat unraveling. Very much unraveling. Yeah. Another psychiatrist examined him uh, after the murder and said that he didn't believe he had any sort of psychotic disorder. He just suffered from anxiety with panic attacks and other sort of anxiety and depression. Wow. So, the prosecution believed that Basically because Kathleen had been standing up to Dawson and all this stuff and he wasn't going to really be able to mooch off her that much longer and, like, kind of control the relationship with his mom that he somehow had gotten frustrated. Uh And with his movements and that sort of thing... Uh, Dawson's siblings actually kind of believed that he was just mimicking the symptoms of Parkinson's disease that he saw his uncle exhibit to try to gain his mother's sympathy because he had seen his mom take care of his uncle with Parkinson's. So they actually believed that he faked this disease to just get more attention, really. That is on a whole nother level of manipulation. Yeah. Uh, at trial, two of Dawson's friends actually testified that he had shown up on their doorstep one night wearing, like, pajamas in the middle of the night and said that there were demons after him. Actual live demons. That's what they said he said. They said he looked very disheveled and he began to twitch and stuff, but they, like, let him sleep on the couch and, oh, you know. No. Well, they let him sleep on the couch and he, like, I don't know, I guess the next day was fine, but the obviously found that very odd that he said he had demons inside of him. Uh, Yeah. So the jury ended up finding him guilty of second degree murder because there really wasn't anything that showed that he premeditated it. They kind of thought that it was a mix of his mom standing up to him and maybe the fact that it was Halloween and he like has this obsession with Halloween stuff. 
Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because he does love all that stuff, so it could be, you know, two things coming together at once that somehow triggered him into, like, a rage. But they found him guilty of second-degree murder, and then they went into, like, the sanity phase to see if he would go to prison or a psychiatric facility. But uh, they had... So they had two doctors for the prosecution testify that he was sane. And then they had two doctors for the defense that said he was insane. So they had to bring in basically a doctor to be a tiebreaker. And he determined that Dawson was sane um, at the time that he committed the murder. So he got 16 years to life. 16? Years to life. I don't know if he'll get out, to be honest. I will say, though, I actually read an article that two forensic pathologists have accused the San Juan Joaquin, sorry, San Joaquin County Sheriff of interfering with death investigations to protect law enforcement officers and had meddled with high-profile homicide cases and suspicious deaths. And they actually say that one of the cases that these forensic pathologists wanted to investigate the crime scene of was Kathleen McGee, but the uh, county police did not let them. So Why did they want to investigate it? Because they actually wanted to see if when she was killed, like if she was killed that uh, Saturday night or Sunday morning, like they're pathologists, they want to investigate the crime scene, like it's a murder. Right. Because the defense actually said at trial that somebody else came in, you know, during the day and did it, and that the police had never even considered anyone else doing it. So, I mean, I don't understand how that still explains the blood on Dawson's jacket. And all of the other things that led up to that. Yeah, but it's still kind of sus that they wanted to and weren't allowed. Yeah, that is strange, though. But I just wanted to throw that in. That is weird. But Yeah, that's the story. Pretty crazy. Oh, my God. And that very is... sad. No, he literally killed her for no reason at all. None. Just snapped. That was so sad. I feel so bad for her. And someone who takes Such a helpful person. The last person who deserves that. And she just took such good care of him. And, like... I agree. That's so messed up. I agree. But, I, I know, that is really... I feel so bad for their family, too. Like, I couldn't imagine. And her husband. Yeah. I do genuinely wonder if he wanted attention and was doing all of this. Or if it really was something going on. I agree, but I honestly think it's probably a mix of both, because at that point, if you are doing it for attention, there is something, like, I believe mentally wrong with you, but... So true. If you are going to those lengths to get your mother's attention when she just loves you and cares about you, I... Yeah, there probably is a little bit going on. That's a good point. Yeah. But Um, I hope all you guys are having a good October. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was, like, a doozy, a sad one. I will, and my story is horrible next week. I won't even lie. So just warning you. <laughs> it's so tragic. As always, though, we always just tell these stories because, I mean, they do need to, like, be remembered for the great people yeah. that they are and stuff. And, and it I is feel just like, crazy. Uh, yeah, especially to be remembered. And second, I feel like there's always, like, you know, I mean, I guess somewhat of a lesson that can be told to maybe just, like, when people are showing these signs to, there's nothing that I feel no, no, I can't even say that. There's nothing that Kathleen could have done different. She tried to help him. No, there isn't, but it's still just 
she her story does deserve to be told because I mean it's still just true crime. I mean, no matter what people say, like some people are like, I don't like when people tell true crime because, but I'm just like. It is what it is. They're yeah. facts. It's what happened. If someone, like, murdered me brutally, I would want my story to be told, I feel like. Yeah, I wouldn't want people to just, like, forget me, but we always try to be respectful here. Everyone can have their own opinion. That's perfectly fine. Of course. And if you don't like true crime, don't listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> totally. But we hope you guys are having a great October, and we hope you all, you true crime lovers, are enjoying the podcast if so, leave us a good rating and review if you feel so called to do. Yeah. And come follow us on Instagram. Come talk to us. Let us know what you guys are being for Halloween. Yes. And we hope you guys keep having a great rest of your October. Thank you for listening. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.